It's an evening of old-time radio. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Glenn Hall Taylor's frightening suspense thriller. Terror in the Night. Starring Mel Torme. Mutual Broadcasting System presentation of The Zero Hour. Brought to you by the makers of General Motors Parts, by the State Farm Insurance Company, by Dial Soap, and by the makers of Contact on Mutual Radio. A little north of the town of Mariposa, California, stands a Rococo Victorian house, a relic of the gold rush days of the last century. The house once rang with the laughter of the Schofield family, but today only Audrey Schofield and her granddaughter Karen are sheltered beneath the steep pitched roof. A ten-foot post stands next to the RFD mailbox. From a bracket is suspended a sign which reads, Tourist Accommodations. In summer, Audrey and her grandmother derive a comfortable income from tourists. But this is the fall season, and on this Saturday night, Audrey and Karen are alone. In the living room, Audrey is knitting in a chair before the fireplace. Karen sits staring at the fire. A gentle collie sleeps in the warmth of the hearth. Karen, dear, why are you so glum tonight? It's not a cheerful night. Sometimes the rain is warm and friendly. But tonight it makes the house feel cold and clammy. The way I imagine a tombstone. Karen, what on earth? Out the window. Lance face. Oh, I don't see anyone, dear. Grandma! Oh, for heaven's sake, child, it's just someone at the door. Same someone who was looking in the window. I'm scared. Nonsense. Probably someone wanting a room for the night. That's funny, I don't see anyone here. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, I... I didn't mean to frighten you. These old eyes, young man. For a moment, they didn't adjust to the darkness out there. May I help you? Oh, I thought you might have a vacancy. Well, as a matter of fact, we do. Well, come on in. Just set your suitcase down anywhere. Get away from that suitcase. Angus, out there. Now, get away. Shoot. Why don't you come on in here by the fire, Mr... Uh, Lewis. Steve Lewis. I'm sorry I spoke to the dog that way. He startled me. I'm Mrs. Schofield. This is my granddaughter, Karen. Howdy, Karen. Hello. Say, this is... This is real nice and cozy. I, I love an open fire. Why, why, why are you looking at me like that? I was wondering why you were peering in the window before you knocked. Oh, <laughs> Well, the house reminded me of one that I saw in an old Boris Karloff movie. 
I thought I'd see something spooky instead of a sweet old lady and a pretty girl. Would you like to put your car in the garage? Oh, well, I have already. How long will you be staying? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Will, will the room be available for a few days? Well, you stay as long as you like. Oh, that's just fine, fine. By the way, I I haven't told anyone where I'd be. I, I, I just had to get away from everything for a few days. You know how it is. Of course. I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention to anybody that I'm here. I understand. The body has to get away from his troubles once in a while. Uh-huh. But don't you worry, young man. We won't say anything to anybody. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now, your room is at the far end of the hall on this floor. Good. I'll, I'll put my suitcase in there right now. Would you like me to fix you a little supper? Oh, I appreciate that very much. Uh, is this the way to the room? Yes. I'll get the key and be right with you. Tell me, Jerry, how come our Mariposa County Sheriff is mixed up in a murder that happened in Stockton? Well, I'll brief it to you, Sam, but you got to keep it out of your paper until I give you the word. Now, to fill you in, this whole mess started in Oakland early this afternoon. A six-foot guy wearing a gray suit knocked over a movie theater in Oakland. He forced his way through the door at the back of the cashier's booth, threatened her with a heavy tire iron. He pocketed his take, made a getaway in the Saturday crowd. And then he apparently commandeered a traveling jewelry salesman's car, forced him to drive him to uh, Stockton. Body was found near there. How do you know all this? Well, we don't have the actual proof yet, but the jewelry salesman's head was bashed in. His body had been dragged into some bushes. In addition, a quarter of an inch fragment of a gray suit material was found on a branch nearby. Now, the murdered man had been robbed, of course. That's fairly evident. We found the salesman's sample case near his body. It was empty. Why do you think he might be in this area? Well, we have a description of the guy. Cashier furnished that. In the glove compartment, we found a new automobile insurance policy number with a make, model, and license number of his car. The owner of a station in Colterville on Highway 49 remembered a guy in a gray suit who got out to get a drink of water to ask about the road to Mariposa. He was driving a car just like the salesman's. I hear the victim was in terrible shape. Oh, that's an understatement. This guy must be out of his gourd. A sadist or something. He clobbered him I don't know how many times. It's late for us to be washing dishes, but it did my heart good to see the way that young Mr. Lewis cleaned his plate. I wonder what he's got in that suitcase. His clothes, silly. What else? That's what I'm wondering. What else? You saw the way he acted when Angus started sniffing it. My goodness, Karen, that imagination of yours. Angus wasn't imagining. He smelled something he didn't like. And I don't like the idea of us being alone with that man in the house. So we can't turn him out in the rain. I know. I'll call Uncle Nat and ask him to spend the night with us. He'll laugh at you. I'll get him over here. Don't worry. Hello? 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 The phone is dead, Grandma. What do you suppose happened to it? I know what could have happened to it. And I'm going to go find out. Well, how about 
about this? Seems we have a real hot one on our hands. What is it, Jerry? Well, if it's some prints off the sample case we found near the body, uh, we transmitted them to Washington. Now, according to this teletype, our tire iron of virtuoso is a Harry Hanford, 33, 6 feet, half an inch tall, 185 pounds, black hair, served term for assault and robbery at... Here's a topper. Wanted for murder in Houston. Sounds like a charming fellow. Want to take a ride with me? You know me. Anything for a story. Especially if it'll get me a good obituary. No one's reported seeing the car since he left that service station in Colville. I think he's gone into hiding someplace since he left, which means it almost has to be this area. So? So I'm going to update the APB that's already out and check out every tourist camp, motel, and guest house from Mariposa to Colville. Let's go. Karen, why did you go out in all that rain? My hunch was right. I checked the telephone wires on the side of the house. They've been cut. He did it. I know he did. But why, dear? I don't know why. I only know he's evil. Shh. Here he comes. Uh, pardon me. I, I'll get settled down shortly and I won't disturb you anymore. But I, I have to get something for my car. I, I won't be long. Grandma, quick. Where to? I'm going to look in that suitcase. <laughs> what if he comes back and catches us? He's out Where's of the suitcase. Oh, move that chair over here. Good. <gasps> well, look at all that jewelry. Oh, my. He's just tossed it on top of his clothes. It must be worth tons of money. I wonder what else is in here. Oh, what's this wrapped in his shirt? Whatever it is, it's heavy. There. Unwrap it. Be quick, he's likely to get back. Oh, look. Oh, there's blood on it. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right, lady. That is blood. It's a man's blood. I killed him. Oh. You don't seem surprised, young lady. Young man, we're not going to let you hide in this house. I, I, I'm going to... And where do you think you're going? Uh, I, I don't know. Let go of my arm, please. And you, young lady, you pick that up and put it back where you got it. I said, pick it up, damn it. Shut up. Down, Angus. Quiet. It's yeah, better. Now then, let's all understand each other, okay? Until I'm ready to leave, you'll do exactly as I say, or I, I may just have to show you how well I can handle that tire iron. Oh, that may be another tourist. Uh, I really ought to answer I'll it. answer it. You roll that tire iron up in that shirt again and hand it to me. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to tuck it under my coat while I answer the front door. You didn't think I'd leave it here with you, did you? Thank you. Now, both of you, both of you be quiet as baby mice. I'll just lock you in here while I take care of our late caller. Coming! Yes? I hate to bother you at this hour of the night, but I saw your sign and hoped you weren't all filled up. Oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to turn you down. 
Oh? There's sickness in the house. Well, I guess I'll just have to push in from our poser and try my luck there. Thanks anyway. Good night. Good night. behave very nicely. Yes, sorry I had to turn away some tourist business, but I'm sure you understand. Only too well. Now, look, you must know this can't go on indefinitely. I, I can't stay here forever, and I, and I can't very well leave you here. You could kill us. Karen, what a thing to say. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Especially when I have better use for you. What do you mean? Well, nobody will suspect a nice young man like me if I'm traveling with a sweet old lady and a Pretty young girl, especially if I'm driving a car the police aren't looking for. Now then, hand over the keys to your station wagon, get your coats on, and let's get out of here. They just don't realize how little a renter's policy costs and how much it will do for them. State Farm agent Ed Axel of Fairmont, Minnesota. And it's hard for people to realize just how much personal property they do have. They forget about the drawers full of different things. So we tell them how they can protect the property that they already have. If they do have a fire or theft, we will be there to take care of them so that you don't have to start over again. They're just shocked to find out that the rates are so low and the amount of coverage that we can give them for that low rate. State Farm Fire and Casualty offers renter's insurance that can protect just about all your personal property for very little cost. A good reason to see your nearby State Farm agent now. Except for that guy at the end of the counter. Two coffees, Shorty. Anything with it, Jerry? Oh, coffee's fine, thanks. You know, seeing you two together at this hour makes me figure something's cooking besides my chili. Oh, just how snooping, Shorty. Hey, tell me, are there any houses north of here close by that is that take in tourists? Well, there's a good place a few miles north, the uh, Schofield House. Uh, did you say the Schofield House? Yes, sir. It, excuse me for butting in, but I thought you ought to know that... I was there a while ago and got turned down. The fellow that came to the door said that someone was sick. Fellow? 
You must be talking about another place. There ain't no man lives at the Schofield house, just an old lady and her granddaughter. It was the Schofield house, all right. I saw the name on the mailbox. Uh, what does this guy look like, mister? Well, <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't pay much attention. He was a tall fellow. Had on a gray suit, as I remember. Why? Come on, Sam, let's get the hell out of here. Into the back seat, Grandma. Come on, come on, in you go. Take your hands off me. You, young lady, get in the front seat. No. I said get in there. Come on, we're losing time. I'm sorry Angus had to miss the trip, but a dog is such a responsibility, you know. Wait, there's a car coming. Yeah, I see it. It's slowing to turn in our driveway. Well, that's too bad, because they're going to have to wait for us to drive out first. <gasps> it's the sheriff's car. Oh, dear. Hey, Spock! Hold on to your hat, Sam. We may have to fly this thing. Gotta figure a way to grab him without hurting the old lady and the girl. Get the reds and siren, will you? Thanks. Can you catch up and force them off the road? Maybe. I don't want to crash them. We're keen on them. Get that seatbelt fastened just in case something happens. Okay. Now, how about you? In God we trust. 98 miles an hour. You weren't kidding about flying this heap. Another two miles an hour, and we will be airborne. Now we've got him. I'm going to pass and crowd him onto the shoulder. Brace yourself just in case I flunk my driver's test. Take it easy, you dumb pig. You got me. I'll dump him on a floor in the back of my car, and you can drive the ladies home. Are you ladies all right? Yes, thank you. But I'll tell you something. The first thing I'm going to do after I get a good night's rest is take down that tourist accommodation sign. I don't blame you. You know, sometimes a person can be too damned accommodating. Okay, creep, let's go. <laughs> probably well aware of the advantages of a well-tuned car in helping you obtain better gas mileage. A well-tuned car can run more efficiently, more economically. If all cars were properly tuned and operating efficiently, we could save millions of gallons of gas. To help you evaluate your car's efficiency, your participating GM dealer has two new energy checks available. One is an economy checkup that includes an engine diagnosis along with several other inspections to see if your car is up to specs. The other is an economy tune-up to help give you a smooth running engine that performs efficiently. Making the most out of the gasoline around is one of our country's basic challenges. It's important to you and to us at General Motors. That's why we're inviting everyone to come in now for a GM energy check at a Chevrolet, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, Buick, or Cadillac dealer. Get together with him and get more of a run for your money. I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes. Exercise your imagination. And join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. Uh -huh.
Terror in the Night was adapted for radio by Glenn Hall Taylor. Mel Torme was heard as the killer. Featured in the cast were Luke Krugman, Peggy Weber, Sam Edwards, Diane Hale, and Bill Keane. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Collis, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. Music composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System. Listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Glenn Hall Taylor's tale of a threatened death. The extortionist. Starring Mel Torme. In a mutual broadcasting system presentation of The Zero Hour. Brought to you by the makers of General Motors Parts, by the State Farm Insurance Company, by Dial Soap, and by the makers of Contact on Mutual Radio. Slate Roof Mansion of the Trenton family stands lonely and cold behind a wall of rough-hewn stone. In it, bedridden and ill-tempered, Catherine Trenton, the last of her generation, lives with her servants, her secretary, her niece, and her nurse, ruling their lives in martinet fashion. Her baton of authority, the silver-headed cane with which she summons them to serve her. Charlotte! Charlotte! That idiot nurse. Charlotte! Good morning, Mrs. Trenton. You know I breakfast at nine sharp. Will you look at the time? It's seven after. I suppose you stopped to poison the orange juice. You can't wait to get your greedy fingers on the money waiting for you in my will. I don't expect you to will me anything, Mrs. Trenton. And you know I'm leaving you money, all of you. Not because you deserve it, but because after I die, I don't want my private affairs dragged through the courts by a flock of vultures. Shall I pour your tea? Don't you always? You're a nurse. You probably know some poisons that couldn't be detected in a cup of tea. I'm sure there are several. Well, stop the damn rapping and come in. And you, Charlotte, can stop glaring at me like that. Good morning, Mrs. Trenton. Morning, Charlotte. Good morning, Mr. Franklin. Uh, will you hold the door open for me, please? I'm leaving. There you are. The postman left these, Mrs. Trenton. Well, never mind the mail. Jason, how long have you been my secretary? Almost ten years. I'll bet you've skimmed off a goodly portion of my money during that time. If you really believe that, why don't you go to the police? <laughs> but why don't you? Don't press me too hard, Jason. Well, you may go now. We'll discuss the mail later. That's fine with me. However, this one letter I haven't opened it. It's marked confidential. But you're my confidential secretary. Open it. Very well. It's just that I hadn't wanted to without your permission. 
Well? It's... It's a demand for money. An extortion letter. They threaten to kill you if you don't pay them $30,000 by noon tomorrow. Pay who's $30,000? Who's going to kill me? There's no signature. The bills are to be small denomination, unmarked, and wrapped in newspaper. Also, it says, keep the police out. Mrs. Fretton, this is serious. Who'd want to threaten me? Here, let me see that note. Hmm. Well, why $30,000? Why not fifty or $100,000? It does seem a strange amount. There may be something to this after all. Jason, get Judge Boyle on the phone. Tell him to get over here right away. Who is it? Jason, ma'am. Judge Boyle is here. Good. Come in. Hello, Kate. Who's that with you, Daniel? This is a private matter. Extortion, Catherine, is not a private matter. It's a matter for the FBI. Now, as soon as Jason called me, I got in touch with Ben here, picked him up at the federal building. Uh, Kate, uh, Mrs. Trenton, Inspector Broker. How do you do, Mrs. Trenton? You might be sorry you brought him, Daniel. For all I know, he might discover this is some scheme of yours. Oh, my dear Catherine, you know I'd be lying if I said I couldn't use $30,000 to good advantage. But you also... I know also that... know that as an executor of my estate, when I die, you'll milk it for every cent you can get. Mrs. Trenton, if I may say so, you the judge... You not me... say so. This is no time for one of your rattle-brained opinions. Go back to your letter writing. Yes, ma'am. You know, Kate, you've never given anyone credit for having an honest thought. You know, you're so damn suspicious of everyone you've named your will that you fail to take this threat seriously. Mrs. Trenton, if this is a genuine extortion threat, you have until tomorrow to save your neck. Now, Dan brought me here hoping that I could help you save it. May I see the letter and the envelope it came in? Certainly, here. Thank you. Hmm. Can you make out that postmark? Uh, it's very faint. However, the zip code is legible. It, it was mailed locally. Well, the extortionist was smart enough to use a typewriter, but that doesn't exactly make him a genius. Every typewriter leaves evidence as clearly as handwriting or fingerprints. Tell me, Mrs. Trenton, who occupies this house besides yourself? There are the servants, my nurse, Charlotte Kaiser, my secretary, Jason Franklin, and Meredith. Meredith? Uh, Meredith Trenton, a niece. How old is she? Twenty-seven. Do you support her? She eats and sleeps here. I give her an allowance for her other expenses. A generous one? Not generous enough, I'm afraid. I've had to pay off her gambling debts from time to time. Big ones? Uh, Mrs. Trent? I'll answer that. Uh, some have been big, some small. Uh, the last one was a... Big... Daniel, I... After the big one, Kate swore she'd never bail her out again. Hmm. Interesting. Is she in town? I mean, is she available for questioning? She can usually be reached somewhere. What about boyfriends? I gave up trying to keep track of them years ago. Uh, she's a bit of a swinger, Ben. Oh? And your nurse, how long has she been with you? About three years. Mm-hmm. How about the servants? Well, there's two. There's a houseboy and a maid. They've been with me since my late husband hired them some 30 years ago. Uh, how about Joseph? Uh, he might warrant some checking into. Uh, Joseph? Uh, Joseph Paxton, Mrs. Trenton's chauffeur. 
Well, why do you suspect him? Oh, I, I didn't say I suspected him. It's just that I know he hits the bottle a little too often, disappears occasionally for two or three days. He'll be gone longer than two or three days this time. I fired him yesterday. Drinking? The worst ever. Most obnoxious. Threatened all kinds of trouble, even though I gave him a full month's severance pay. Uh, do you know where he lives? I'm afraid not. He lived here until yesterday. I'll tell you where you might get a lead, Ben. He has a cousin who owns a garage at the other end of town. Hmm. At least it's a start. Well, I guess that's it for now, Mrs. Trent. Now, have our laboratory man go over the envelope and the note. Thank you for coming, Inspector. You're welcome. Coming, Dan? Oh, I'll be right with you. You're in good hands, Catherine. Ben Brokorn knows what he's doing every minute. Take care now. You know, she's been like that as long as I can remember. Yeah, she must have built up a big backlog of resentment. Practically anyone we've discussed might have been goaded into extortion or, or anything else for revenge. What's your next move, Ben? Well, as soon as I get back to the office, I'll see if we can round up that chauffeur. Good evening, Miss Meredith. What's good about it? Here, let me take your coat and scarf. You're soaking wet. Well, I'm glad you noticed. I know you're upset, Miss Meredith. I'm sorry I had to call you and interrupt your plans. I hope you didn't tell anyone where you located me. Of course not. Why the devil should I have to come all the way back here just because my bitch of an aunt got a crazy letter from somebody as spaced out as she is? The FBI man wanted everybody here. He's been all over this house for the last hour or so. All of us except you have been fingerprinted. He asked that I send you into the library as soon as you arrive. His name is Inspector Brokaw. I'll take your things to the kitchen to dry. See you later. Okay. Come in. Hello, Judge. Jason says they want my fingerprints. It'll only take a moment. Now, just press your finger on this ink pad, please. Now, why don't you ask me if I've robbed any safes lately? I don't have to. If you had, you'd have paid off Nick. What do you know about Nick? I would just press your fingers on this card. Nick is a crooked gambler and a dangerous man, especially if someone owes him $30,000. Now, the, the left fingers, please. Okay. So you know about Nick. But I didn't write that letter. But you, along with a lot of other people, would benefit by your aunt's death. Uh, here, uh, sorry, wipe your fingers on this tissue. Are you through with me? For now. Uh, send Charlotte in, will you please? Oh, uh, please, don't leave the house. In this storm? <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Inspector Brokaw speaking. Inspector, this is McDougal. Oh, hi, Mac. Uh, what's with the chauffeur? Uh, nothing yet. I put on a three-state alarm and an APB on him in case he's decided to split. Okay, stay in touch. I'll be here for a while. You wanted to see me? Yes. 
this is a sheet of your stationery, isn't it, Miss Kaiser? It's probably mine. Why? Uh, the extortion letter was written on a sheet exactly like this. And that makes me guilty? No, I didn't say so. If anybody around here wanted to get $30,000 from Mrs. Trenton, it probably would have been... Oh, then you know about Meredith Trenton's gambling debt. Jason told me. Okay, that'll be all for now. Thank you. I'll be in my room if you want me. Oh! I'm sorry. Well, as long as you're interested enough to eavesdrop, Mr. Franklin, you might as well come in. Well, if I can be of help. It's just possible. Do you recognize the typing on this sheet of paper? I'm not sure. It seems to be the same style of type as that of the machine I use. Well, it should be. I type this on your machine. I have a hunch the microscope will show that the typing on the extortion note will match this perfectly. Look, Inspector. I have no reason to extort money from Mrs. Trenton. I'm well paid. And she's told me she's been very generous to me in her will. <laughs> you know something, Dan? What? I'm beginning to think that whoever wrote this... Ah! Letter... Oh, oh, my goodness. No! Oh, Mr. Ah! What's going on? Oh, come on! couple of hours. How is she then? Well, the doctor just left. He told me she's suffering more from shock than anything. Although there's some serious bleeding and severe powder burns. The pistol was obviously fired at such an angle that it, it caused only a scalp wound. It's, it's touch and go, but apparently she'll live. You know, as your friend, Dan, I hate to say it, but this does delay certain benefits which uh, you and the good other... Lord, Dan, I, I didn't mean it that way. The Judge Boyle means that Mrs. Trenton, though spared now... We'll have to face an excruciatingly painful death later on. Yeah, well, she, she told me she has bone cancer. Tell me, Dan, have you ever seen this gun before? My God. Was that the pistol she... Her own gun? Yeah, it was found on the floor behind her bed. I didn't know she had a gun. Now, the nurse didn't know it either. As it turns out, Dan, this is your gun. Well, you don't think I... Well, she wanted a gun for protection, so I bought that for her three weeks ago. I, I never dreamed she'd use it. Well, I'm afraid she not only used the gun, I suspect she used you. Meaning? Damned if I know, Dan. I... <laughs> right now, my gut's trying to tell me something, but my brain doesn't dig it. Well, I know it's terribly late at night for this, but the reason I've called you all together again is that I, uh, I think we're just about ready to wind up this case. Our lab has gone over what evidence I've uncovered very thoroughly. For example, Jason, the extortion note was typed on your machine. Oh? And your fingerprints are on the letter. Naturally. I handled it to open it and to read it to Mrs. Trenton. And Nurse Kaiser, your prints were not found on the note, but there were traces of fuzz from lavender suede gloves. I don't even own a pair of gloves, any color. And Mrs. Trenton was shot with a gun registered to Judge Boyle, but his fingerprints weren't on it. And in running a check on Miss Meredith's gambling friend, Nick, we learned that she's in hock to him for... <laughs> Exactly, $30,000. Excuse me, Inspector, but the APB got your man, Joseph Paxton. Oh, thank you, officer. Ladies and gentlemen, I must speak with him privately. I kindly wait in this room till I return. Well, I think we have this just about cleared up. Did Joseph have anything to do with it? No, but he was quite helpful. 
You see, Mrs. Trenton failed to tell me something. Now, when she gave Joseph his month's severance pay, she also gave him a sizable sum as a fee for mailing a letter for her. A letter addressed to herself. I don't understand. That's right. She wore lavender suede gloves, which incidentally I just located in her room. The letter was posted downtown. Uh, she wanted the $30,000 for your gambling debt, Miss Meredith. Oh, no. Without having the executors of her will know about it. Uh, she thought that by committing suicide using the gun that was registered to Judge Boyle, she'd escape her ultimate painful death and place the suspicion of murder on all the beneficiaries of the will. Uh, she hated all of you, you know. Vultures! Carry on! Yes, I did it! And the only regret I have is it didn't work. And when I do die, I hope my money takes you all to hell. Oh, Mrs. Trenton! Mrs. Trenton! I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes. Exercise your imagination. And join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Keith Walker's romps are the pains of horror. Why is Ted Marcosi driving Aunt Sally insane? Starring Lyle Wagner. In a mutual broadcasting system presentation of... The Zero Hour. something for everybody, even Aunt Sally's, a kindly old spinster who just happens to be rich. Join us now in the great dining hall of the Marcosi mansion for Why is Ted Marcosi Driving Aunt Sally Insane? Does the madam wish anything more? Highness, oh, my compliments, Rosalie is truly a fine cook. Madam... Our hearts are but to serve you. I will bring dessert. <laughs> now, where could that good-for-nothing nephew of mine be? Oh! Get away! Ernesto, someone! A frog, for God's sake. There's a frog in my plate. Madam. Take it away. Take it away. It's ghastly. I'm sorry, madam. How could a frog... It fell from the ceiling. A froggy? <laughs> froggy. Oh, it's in the salad platter. It's in the salad platter. I have it, madam. I will dispose. Lordy, a frog. Now, how could a... Good evening, Auntie. Oh, oh Ted, Lion's sakes, you scared me to death. Where have you been? 
Dinner's over in the most... Oh, Why, Auntie, you look positively white. Well, you would be, too, if a frog fell in your dinner plate. Hmm, perhaps he was only looking for a home. Oh, Ted, <laughs> I love you. Gads, but it's good to have the breath of life in his so muscle here. Oh, I'm glad you invited me. Will you be able to stay the summer? Of course. The city's become a bore, and I wouldn't think of leaving you. Well, Ted, the candles, they blew out. Oh, don't worry, Auntie, I'll get them. Oh, my chair, my chair, it's moving. Be calm, I'll get them lit. But, Angie, what are you doing way over there? Oh, oh, something or someone moved my chair. Now, you wouldn't be fooling with your old aunt, would you? Why nonsense, I was at the end of the table. Oh, well, okay, but I want to tell you, strange things are going on in this house. Oh, madam. Oh. Auntie, why don't you take a good night's sleep? Do your world of good after your day of excitement. Oh, yes. Oh, you're right. Ernest, so see that Master Ted has anything he wants. Shall I help you with a chair? No, dang it. I've got to learn to run this blame chair myself. Uh, good night, Ted. Good night, Auntie. <laughs> Dan, should have had this elevator built larger. Come on, chair, do your stuff. Have to have this chair beefed up. Madame, Madame, are you all right? Oh, Rosla. Rosla, the night tried to kill me. Madame, it is only empty armor. Don't contradict me, look. How could that be? Damned if I know. I looked up and its battle axe was swinging down. See how deep it has cut into the floor. I shall look inside it. No one is in there, madame. Oh, enough. I'm going to bed. Tell Ernest to cart it down to the cellar with the rest of the medieval junk. I never did understand my late husband's preoccupation with that stuff. And Rosla. Yes, madame? Be sure I'm awakened when my niece arrives in the morning. Corday? Well, Sally is an old and dear friend. But I don't understand her heart. It hasn't acted up in years. Are, are you sure nothing unusual happened here tonight? Oh, no, Doctor. Not a thing. that way about Aunt Sally's house? Pooh, my sweet but backward youth. Ah! Ted, what was that? That sounds like Auntie. Come on. Ah! Ted, my shoes. Forget them. Come on. My 
Mr. Tibbs, please in here. Oh, I was preparing the dance pot, and I came to wake her, and... Oh, God, Ted, look. The bed is covered in blood. Oh, Ted, is that you? Easy, Auntie, easy. Teddy's here with Glenda. Are you all right? Oh, it's blood. Someone's poured blood all over me. Rosala, get Ernesto to burn the bedding. Glenda, help me get Auntie in her bath. Glenda! Relax, Aunt Sally. Let Ted get you into the tub. Uh, maybe you'd better help her. I'll check on Ernesto. Okay. Oh, Glenda. I'm so glad you've come. The most terrible things have been happening ever since Ted arrived. Oh, no, no, he couldn't. Couldn't what? Do you think he had something to do with the blood? I don't know, truly. He's always been so attentive. But I must confess, it all started with his arrival. Lights go off when I'm in the room. Go on in the middle of the night. Two days ago, my wheelchair lost a wheel in the garden, right near the edge of the cliff. But tell me something. You see him much more than I do. Is he all right? Well, I shouldn't tell you this, but Ted is heavily in debt. I know because he tried to borrow from me. Practically demanded that I take money from Father's trust. I, uh, I didn't give him anything. But my brother left him a fortune. I told him it was time he started acting like a man and did something with his life. Well, you could have given him some, you know. Your share of the estate was just as large. Well, perhaps... Well, never mind. I'll talk with him. Now, let me look at you. Oh, my dear niece, must you look like such a frump? Goodness, look at the way you've got your hair. Well, it's the way it's most comfortable. Oh, bah. How do you think you'll ever attract a young man? And look at that frock. Off a rack. I don't think I'll ever attract anybody. But Ted thinks I look pretty. Well, Ted can't marry you. We'll just have to do something about you, or you'll end up a shriveled old lady like me. Ted! Ted, where are you? Up here, top of the elevator shaft. Well, you've really made a mess of our plan. The old girl is getting suspicious. smarter than I thought. And you're getting more stupid every day. Our plan was just to scare her. Just hold the elevator door, Ernst. We collect the Wait, listen. She drops dead. No. But your heavy-handed lack of imagination has her suspecting everything. Oh, Ernesto, how could they? Shut up. I know what I'm doing. There now. When the old girl gets on the elevator, oh. zap, we inherit. Ernesto, get me out of this contraption. I hear her chair. Take me down the back staircase. I'm calling Inspector Pushit. Where's Ernesto and Rosala? Ernesto's with the old lady. I don't know where Rosala is. Damn, sounds like she's going around the other wing. Oh, the elevator will work just as well later. Are you sure you trust those two? <laughs> I'm sure of it. They're as money-hungry as you. In fact, they came to me. Rosala caught me dumping a jar of moths in the ventilating system. She got Ernesto, and the two of them made me promise to come up with a hell of an amount. <laughs> Why not? I'm sure you and I can think of a way to dump them later. <laughs> I'm sure we can. <laughs> Good. Let's go down and cheer Auntie up. <laughs> Madame, you forgot your robe. Madame? <laughs> I have never used elevator. No, I mustn't. See, who will know? It will be... Like I am the mistress. 
Which button? Someone, I think. Oh, God, what now? Oh. Oh, please, please answer. Oakland, please. Hello. Hello, this is Sally Marcosi. Uh, you'll have to speak up, man. Hello. Hello. Oh, dear God. Uh, I won't go. Let go of my brother. my Oh, good girl. For a minute, I thought his thumbs would go right through. did that all right. Ernesto, he didn't mean for Rosalind to use the elevator. It was an accident. I told you. Besides, she wasn't Let supposed... Let me. Ernesto, your wife was never allowed to use the elevator. You understand that, don't you? Where's good woman? Yes, we know how you feel. Besides, Ernesto, without us, you get no money. No money? And now, you get Rosalind's share, too. Oh, I never think of that. <laughs> Other good women must be here. <laughs> now, we've got to do something right away. I overheard Aunt Sally trying to call the police. I think I cut the line in time. Well, now that she knows, we'll just have to increase our terror tactics. Ted, why don't we just... Well, you know... <laughs> Kill her? Now listen, you've got to understand She must die of a heart attack So there's no investigation Let's go I've got an idea I hope you know what you're doing This place gives me bumps Look at that old guillotine <laughs> Come here, look at this Iron Maiden the idea back then was you put someone inside and slam the lid and the spikes went right through the heart. Oh, how awful. Ernestine, <laughs> no. I don't like it down here. Come in, Angie. We have a surprise for you. <laughs> Ted, Glenda. Don't, you can't. I've always treated you like my own. Shut up. Ernesto, wheel Andy over by that wall. Oh, what are you going to do? Why, that's simple, Andy. Stand away, Ernesto. We're going to make your heart stop. This is a crossbow. You'll notice the steel arrow? I'm told this will penetrate a six-inch piece of wood. <laughs> Ted, can't you find a better way? See, Andy? <laughs> Maybe one of them will go right through that chair of yours. Ernesto, stop her! Get out of my way! Ernesto, watch out for the guillotine! <laughs> oh, my God! Ernesto's lost his head! Come on, she's getting away. Grab those other arrows. Here, only two. Stop! Listen. There, it sounds like she's gone up the ramp to the gardens. Here, this door. There she goes, down by the arboretum. You circle around in case she tries for the garages. I'll cut across. 
It's no use, Auntie. I know where you are. Come on, sweet Auntie. Maybe we can make an arrangement. Auntie, over here. I won't let Ted hurt you. I tell I won't. What the... That's her chair. Where's Auntie? Auntie, come out. Where are you? I don't understand. Better stop this chair. Now, how do I turn this thing off? I see you, Angie. Glinda. Oh, God, Glinda. Uh, Ted, why? Glinda, I didn't mean it. I thought it was Auntie. Oh, God, don't die. She tricked us. Got out of chair. Oh, sweet sister. Don't, don't. Good of you to drop the bow, Ted. What? Now hold it right there. Oh, good. I was hoping I'd said enough on the phone. I do not understand it. A shame it is. I have known that boy all his life. More than a shame, Inspector Fouchard. Fouché. If only they had waited a few more days. A few more days? Yes. You know, there was a special secret clause in their father's will. Why, when the two reached 30, they would receive the rest of their inheritance. The rest? Was it much? Oh, yes, it was a great deal. My brother must have known his children very well. Matus is an old-world rosé wine people enjoy everywhere. Like down in the Delta, they know the blues are what you make it, and that the light, easy-to-like taste of Matus rosé makes the meal. Man, on the West Coast, Matus is out of sight, but you see it everywhere. Matus Rosé is perfect for that elegant evening on the town. Matus, the rosé wine that goes with everything good, anywhere, anytime at all. I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes, exercise your imagination, and join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. Ted Marcosi driving Ed Sally Insane is an original radio drama by Keith Walker. Lyle Wagoner was heard as Ted Marcosi. Featured in the cast were Arlene Harris, Rhoda Williams, Luke Krugman, and Herb Vigrand. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Collis, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood with a mutual broadcasting system by Radio Productions Incorporated. Music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the mutual broadcasting system. Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Keith Walker's caustic account of disorganized crime. A favor he can't refuse. 
starring William Shatner. In a mutual broadcasting system presentation of The Zero Hour. Brought to you by the Ford Motor Company, Shenley Industries, Matus Wine, Beech Nut Chewing Tobacco, and Dial Soap. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. The Peter Principle calls for a person to rise to their own level of incompetence. That's the problem of a region syndicate chieftain when he tries to do away with our easygoing hero, Ali Evangelino. In this piece titled, A Favor You Can't Refuse. Hey, come on, you bomb. I'll race you to the float. Oh, no way. Well, yeah, don't, don't leave me alone. Hey, come on. I, look no, at I, you. I, you I, look I, like an almond joy. Oh, come on. Coochie, coochie, coochie. Oh, no fair. <laughs> hey, come on. Try something that's warm. Come I'm here, you. Come here. I'm, hey, I'm, no, you come, don't. Come on, hey. Oh. <laughs> Nice to fool with Mother Karate. Come on, you're gonna soak. You let go of my foot. <laughs> Big man, huh? Will you quit that? How's it gonna look? A petite blonde dragging her man through the sand? <laughs> okay. You, him, I, Jane. Let's go. The last one to the floor. He's the peanut butter sandwich. Lunch, too, hey, guy? You think of everything. Hey, no. The backstroke? The gall of that woman. Come on, here. Out of condition. <laughs> Here, take my hand. How could you? Where's my pride? Right. Now take my hand. Well, thank you, sweet maiden. You saved my life. Well, nothing fair, Knight. I, uh, what, what was Take it down. They were Over the side, quick. Stuck in a gallery. This is no time for jokes. I'm not joking. Move around to this side. Where's the thermos? How can you think of drinking at a time? Where's the thermos? This side of the boat, I think. Elle, where are you going? Dee, swim for the shore. Elle, you okay? I'm coming. And what happened? Let's get to shore. I waited till they got close. Then through the thermos, got the driver. Boat crashed in the dock. Yeah, what's wrong there? What happened? Look, hey, uh, for somebody call the police, yeah. There's been an accident. Oh, an accident. Hell, good grief. Look at our room. It's been torn apart. It figures. You mean the money? Yeah, this is getting complicated. Where did you hide it? Behind the air conditioning room. Well, it's not here. Naturally. First thing they did was say, look behind the air conditioner grill. Elliot! Okay, okay. Uh, how much was there? You never told me. A million. A million dollars? You better get that oiled. Well, what are we going to do now? Go back to the States. <laughs> A million dollars? You've been going on and on about that. You, you really think we've been set up? Would you want the lady care for wine with dinner? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I will bring it. Yes. Yes what? Yes, I, I think we were set up. But I can't believe the syndicate would do it. Oh, they wouldn't try to kill you. I don't know. I don't know. Dad's been dead a year. Maybe they decided the son should be put out of the way. 
Oh, I don't believe it. Your dad was always so respected by all the families. Everyone looked up to him. Mm -hmm. You know, you've never talked very much about him. I respected him, even if I didn't agree with what he was. Ah. Is that why you didn't take over when he died? Shrimp and steak, no? I'm shrimp, she's steak. I have sharper teeth. He has to gum it. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy it, crazy gringos. (laughs) Well? Well, Dad was getting old. I think he felt his only son should go legit. I agreed. You loved him very much, didn't you? Can I have your carrots? Yeah, yeah, I did. If you felt so strongly... Why did you agree to Mr. Bartolucci's request? To take the money? I don't know. He was always a friend of Dad's. He asked a favor. Said the money was payment to one of their South American operations. Funny that the contact never showed. Yeah. You want your salad? Maybe we should have kept the money. Maybe maybe that's what Giovanni wanted. Come in. You sent for me, Giovanni? Mr. Bartolucci. Sit down. Batista, I have a contract to let. Are you interested? I do not like to be called a hoodlum. Fifty thousand. Who? Elliot Angelino. When? Go to Los Angeles. He'll be coming in by plane shortly. Follow him. Await my instructions. How's the wheel? Good, sir. Very good. Hello, Ginny. You doing good tonight? Sure. The sucker's always biting. Very good. Like a bird, have the pit boss change of cards. Hello. Hey, what's wrong up there? Spencer's been dumping to a friend for 20 minutes. Gee, 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 me I think you're right away. You take care of it. Permanent. Permanent? Well, okay, if you... Giovanni. New York? All right, five minutes. Vegas, Badalucci. I'll hold. Hey, Giovanni. How are you well? Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Costa. Thank you. Giovanni, I have heard things I'm not happy with. I'm sorry, sir. Can I help? Is it true that you have let a contract on the son of my old friend? Yes, I'm sorry to tell you. Why? I did not mean to hide anything from you, but as head of the Western region, I felt it was my duty to uh, protect our mutual interests. How is that? Well, it's in the report to your office last week, sir. The boy has been found to be skimming. How much? Almost a million over the last three weeks. I don't believe this. You would not do such a thing. It is my honor, eh? I see. All right. You are responsible for the discipline in your region... But the money must be recovered, if at all is possible. Oh, thank you. I can assure you, we will try. Deirdre Knowles? Yes? Get in the car. I will not. 
Unless you wish to die on this street, you will do as I ask. Goalie. Why are you doing this? Has it something to do with Elliot? Yes, you are the bait. Some members of the council have maintained that it is you that should be heading the western region. Of course, I could not have that. So I arranged for you to act as courier, thus placing the loss of that million on you. Then I set up the book so that they show an additional seven million that's been taken out over the past year. But the controls? A simple matter. They are flawed. I merely affixed your code to the receipts. So now, getting rid of you... <laughs> as the approval of the council. The last said they will be advised that we're unable to find the missing money. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? The son of Angelino has betrayed the family. You hated my father, didn't you? Always. Always. It was always him the council listened to. Never me. Well, this will show them how much they can respect me. I've shown the son of Angelino... To be a thief. I'm afraid this conversation must wait. Tuppy, help me tied to the freighter. Oh, uh, you two may have a few moments. 
I'm sorry, my darling. It's okay. I should have pulled away completely years ago. It's my own fault for accepting the casino job. Giovanni's a fool, though. I would never have gotten involved in the family again. You are the cum. Will you untie us? Soon. Up the ladder, please. Al, it's some kind of a freight ship. Signora Botolucci. Captain Rossi. I brought some friends. Please, come aboard. Come on, you two. Hurry. Captain, is everything in order? See, si, very much so. And your cargo? Ah, in the walls of the boat. Can your train accommodate it? Ah, sure. I will attend to it. Why don't you and your friends go along to my sea cabin? Well, thank you. <laughs> That's very clever, Giovanni. Is all the money stashed in the boat? Yes. And thank you. I appreciate the compliment. What do you intend to do with us? Oh, you disappoint me, Miss Knowles. I thought it would be obvious once we set for sea. Well... Oh, Al! Uh, this captain, is he in this with you? He's an old friend in need of money. We'll receive a small percentage once the seven million is safe on the Swiss bank. Oh, I believe this is the captain's cabin. Good evening, Giovanni. Mr. Costa. All of you, please come in. Debitos, please close the door. Yes, Mr. Costa. I don't know why I came to Vegas with you. I mean, that was a dirty trick to pull. Uh, I, I couldn't help it. The Mr. Costa came to me with his suspicions and asked for the family's sake if I would help. It was a favor... Mm, I could not refuse, oh. as the saying. <laughs> and, uh, Tessie, is that really his name? No, no. The beast means hoodlum. But he's called that with affection. Teppy was in Mr. Costa's confidence from the start, but his word was not enough for Costa to justify, uh, removal of Giovanni. After all, he was a regional chief. This is not the old days, my love. Um. You mind if I join you two? Not at all, please. We just uh, finished the meeting of the council. They were uh, disappointed at you. Disappointed with what, El? I was asked to take over the region. <gasps> no. No, it's okay. I refused. Well, I won't take up that cliche, but it uh, would have been like the old days. Angeline, who at the table. <laughs> I think my father would have approved my decision. I'm sure he would. He and I talked at length about you before he died. I didn't know. Uh, only a few minutes before my plane, so... Uh, this is uh, for you and the lady. A check? Yes, yes. You call it a uh, finder's fee, eh? <laughs> I must go. Please, remember, your fratello. We are always out of your service. Grazie. Buon enough. El, what did he call you? Brother. Is, uh, the check... Well, uh, could I see it? Sure. <gasps> now, that's the first time I've ever seen you speechless. I, I, I can't, I, 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 I don't, I, I never saw... Stephanie, <laughs> honey, Put it in your sock, we'll use it on our honeymoon. <laughs> Exercise your imagination.
join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. A Favor You Can't Refuse is an original radio drama written by Keith Walker. William Shatner was heard as Elliot Angelini. Featured in the cast were Peggy Walton, John Large, Casey Kasem, Jack Crucian, and Ben Wright. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Coates, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. Music is composed and conducted by Stanley B. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System. by Beechnut Chewing Tobacco, Shenley Industries, Matus Wine, and International Harvester. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. It's nice to be the best in anything. The title of best pickpocket of the city belongs to Fingers Duncan. He's known throughout the circuit as a natural, but lately Fingers has been slipping, losing his grip, as it were, and in his search to uncover the source of his inexplicable slump, he will most surely find he has his hands full. Today's story is entitled, Once a Thief. We open at police headquarters. A matronly woman and a plainclothes police officer are peering through the one-way glass of a lamp. Well, Mrs. Wilkinson, do you recognize any of these men? I'm afraid not. You'll be absolutely sure this is the end of the parade. I'm sure. All right. You bums can go. Well, you bring us in here for the first place? Well, I've done all I can, Mrs. Wilkinson. You've seen every petty thief, every pickpocket in the city. Either your bonds were stolen by someone from out of town or a local amateur. But, officer, why? Why would somebody steal those bonds when all that cash was right there? You said yourself it was a fundraising affair. Maybe the thief had a soft heart. My guess is he had a soft head. You'll have a lot of trouble trying to pass those bonds. When he does try, we'll let you know. Thank you. You've been most kind. Oops. Excuse me, ma'am. Hold on, Mrs. Wilkinson. Hi, Blake. Hello, Fingers. Uh, Mrs. Wilkinson, you better check to see that your purse is undisturbed. This man you just bumped into his fingers, Duncan. He was in the lineup. This nice young man is a pickpocket? Yeah, just about the best there ever was. Uh, correction, I used to be. Hmm. Everything seems to be in order. You wear a watch? Any jewelry? Hmm. Nothing missing. All right, Mrs. Wilkinson, we'll be in touch. What is it, Fingers? I'm not really in the mood to chew the fat. Blake, I'm depressed. Yeah, what are you telling me for? They got doctors for that. Blake, I'm washed up, finished. I'm here to tell you not to pick me up anymore. Don't tell me you're going straight. After all these years, Fingers, I enjoy rousting you. Yeah, I like you too, Blake. But like I said, it's all over. 
Sounds serious. That's bad, Harry. You see, I had this uncle. Blake. Yeah, Captain. Hmm. Gotcha. Be right there. You see, I had this uncle. You tell it to her shrink fingers. Captain's going to bite my head off. Blake. Hands against the door. You're clean. I've been trying to tell you. Yeah, tell me in a few days. I'm sure we'll pick you up again by then. Bye. Blake. Yes? Are you Madame Eliza? Mistress of the occult. Oracle of what lies beyond. Card reader, astrologer, palmist, and handwriting analyzer. At your service. Are you some kind of gypsy? I mean, the way you're dressed. Well, we need to be, yes. What can I do for you? Well, Madame Eliza, I got a problem. Oh, come. Be seated. Uh, my fee is ten dollars. In advance. You're not a doctor, are you? That depends. If you are, I'm leaving. In that case, I'm not. See, I don't trust doctors, especially head doctors. Well, my name is Fingers. Fingers Duncan. I'm a pickpocket. Oh, I was. Oh, I already know that. I see it in your hand. You do? Well, I've been a pickpocket all my whole life. Since I was nine, anyways. And I had this uncle, you see, or I did until last month. Uncle Rufus. And Uncle Rufus died last month. Yeah. And he left me $10,000 in his will. And your problem is you can't get it. No, that ain't it. I got it. And you still got trouble? Can you help me? Yes, I believe I can. But first, I must consult the stars. How long would that take? Come back tomorrow. I should have an answer by noon. Okay. I can't tell you how much this means to me. <sighs> I have some idea. See you tomorrow, Madam Eliza. Farewell. Hey, who was that grinning idiot that just left? Whatever you told him must have been good. Gil, you didn't off those bonds today, did you? No, these things are poison. I must have been out of my mind to lift them from that old broad. Not a soul in town will touch them. Ah, but I got someone who might. Yeah, who? One rich, miserable, grinning idiot. Thank you for coming down again, Mrs. Wilkinson. Did you find my bond office? Not yet, but with your help, we might very soon. This charity bazaar of yours was open to the public, you said. Yes, that's right. It, it cost $5 to get in, and then all of the games. Games, right. That's what I want to know. What kind of games? Who ran them? Oh, goodness, I don't know. We had booths over much of the property. There were games of chance, mostly. Who hired these people? A booking agent, Mr. Um, Fishman. He, he was recommended by... Saul Fishman? Well, yes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Mrs. Wilkinson. You've been most helpful. Fingers, the heavens smile upon you. What did the star say, Madam Eliza? Oh, ten dollars again? <laughs> Naturally. This is getting to be expensive. There was a meteor shower last night. It came to me then. What came to you? The image of your Uncle Rufus. His face appeared in the night sky. Oh, really? He was a wealthy man, your uncle. And you, Fingers, were his favorite nephew. I was? And even though he disapproved of your larcenous lifestyle, he decided to leave you ten G's for one purpose and one purpose alone. He felt that if you had money, 
his money, money earned legitimately in the business world, you would see the light and mend your ways. Yeah? Your Uncle Rufus had it all figured out, except for one thing. What he didn't know was that you are an artist and you love your work. That's right, I do. Uh, I did. You will work again, Fingers, and soon... Huh. By ridding yourself of your uncle's money. By spending it on something hot, stolen merchandise. Once you do that, you won't have any money. So you'll have to go back to work. Madam Eliza, I think you got it. Lucky for you, I happen to have just the thing. Stolen bonds. They're worth 20,000 clams. I'm holding them for a friend who's an artist like yourself. He'll let them go for uh, half the value. 10,000? That's exactly what I got. Oh, what a coincidence. How soon can I have the bonds? Just as soon as you give me the money. How about this afternoon? Oh, splendid. I'll be waiting for you. Uh, Madam Eliza, I only got one question. Uh, are you sure this will work? I mean, what if after we make the deal, I still can't get back into the swing of things? My friend, if by chance you do doubt your ability to steal, and I'm sure you won't, keep these words on the tip of your tongue and say them aloud to remind yourself, I will be a thief. I will be a thief. I will be a thief. Say them. I will be a thief. I will be a thief. I will be a This list has all the people who worked Mrs. Wilkinson's fundraiser? Certainly. Why the hassle? Somebody stole some bonds from the house. Mrs. Wilkinson would like them back. Bonds? $20,000 worth. Oh, now, wait a minute. I got scruples. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Fishman, you're an operator. Scratch my back and I'll let you keep operating. If not... Look, Blake, all but a couple of new acts I can vouch for. Which couple? The last two on the list. Guess the number of beans in the jar and the fortune teller. Madam Eliza? Yeah, the beans people. They're the lunatics. What makes you say that? Numbers. It's one family, 12 of them. So? So when I told him this was going to be a charity gig, the old man says the percentage ain't enough. But... But what? He showed up anyway. The whole lot of them. Said he'd make his money somehow. I told you these bonds were poison. Now we're really up a creek. Well, who figured Fishman to be as crooked as he is? So now we know. Big deal. Giving him half of what we make is too much. I say we skip town now. Oh, no. Nothing doing. Fingers will be here any minute with a ten grand. We get the money, then we skip. That's too risky. Look, Yell, it'll take me five minutes to close the deal. I'll get the bond. Hey, how long do you think we'll be before this chump gets hip to the fact that we're ripping them off? Gil, this ain't a rip-off. These bonds are worth 20000 If he's a smart operator, that's what he'll get for him. I swear I put him in this drawer. Hey, what is this? A note. What's it say? Dear Madam Eliza, I came back with the money, but you were out. While I was waiting, I started to feel that doubt we were talking about. So I did like you said and started saying over and over, I will be a thief, I will be a thief, I will be a thief. It worked so good, I went right to the drawer and stole your bonds. <laughs> Huh. I 
be a thief. I will be. Stole your bonds. Sincerely. Yeah, this is Blake. I want arrest warrants issued for a Gilbert Hayes and a Madam Eliza Tabachnik. Descriptions there on my desk. Oh, and uh, pick up fingers, Duncan, again. Right, I want to talk to him. There's a what? When did it start? Got it. Get on those other two right away. you think that people be here at the parade? Every dip in town is here. Parades are like conventions for them. Fingers is here, I tell you. Yeah, but where? We'll never find him in this mob. He really is. Yeah, there he is. Well, let's get him. Not yet. What do you mean, not yet? He'll get away. He ain't going anywhere. Can't you see he's making a pinch? Hey, that was smooth. The dude's got his act together. And don't forget, he's got our bonds. Look, he's sneaking off into the alley, probably to rifle that wall. Now's a chance. Oh, fingers, the heavens frown on you today. Madam Eliza, what a pleasant surprise. Sorry I had to leave when I did. Is this guy for real? Oh, Gil, I will handle this. Look at all these greenbacks, Madam Eliza. I have you to thank for getting me over my mental block. Oh, I'm so glad I could help you, Fingers. But, um, aren't you forgetting something? You stole my bonds. Actually, they belong to Mr. Hayes here. That's right, Corp. And I'd like them back, now. I can give them to you if I could. Well, what's stopping you? I don't have them. Well, where are they? I sold them. You passed them? Already how? He's lying. I tried all over town. I am many things, Mr. Hayes, but I'm not a liar. I sold those bonds to a friend of mine, a fence, a highly respected man in his trade. He paid me full value. What? Who is he? It doesn't matter, but we will take the money. I'm afraid I don't have that either. Oh, you're a liar, Mr. Hayes. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Hey, let me take it out of his hide. No. Fingers, what did you do with the money? Well, I did like you said do, Madam Eliza. I got rid of it. I had to. Otherwise, I couldn't work. I'll give you a job. How'd you like to be a corpse? What did you do with a $20,000? I gave it away. You what? I gave it away. Gil, if you don't, I will. All right, you turkey. Smile pretty. Oh. That's enough, Hayes. Hey, what? who are you? How do you know my name? My name's Blake. I'm a cop. You're under arrest. Uh, going somewhere, Madam Eliza... Officer, you must be confusing me with someone else. I'm here for the parade. In an alley. Well, I... You're both under arrest for bond theft. Blake! Playborn, I'm in here. Take these two to headquarters. I'll be there as soon as I can rouse fingers. Fingers? Fingers. Uh, uh, please, don't hurt my hands. Blake, where'd you come from? Shame on you, Fingers. This isn't your wallet. Uh, oh, uh, that. It lets you and I return it to its owner, then take a ride downtown. What do you say? Great. I can't wait. Do you recall these two working at the bazaar, Mrs. Wilkinson? Why, yes. This woman was the fortune teller. And he... Yes, now I remember. He was inside the house much of the time. I, I thought he was a guest. You're dreaming, lady. You can't do this to me. I demand to see my lawyer. 
Blake, why have I been arrested? You gave me a bum steer, Fishman. I think you did it on purpose. Oh, but I, but I see you got the culprits. Yeah, and they told me what you told them about taking half. Hey, that's right, Fishman, you crumb. It was written in the stars. Oh, shut up. Claiborne, like him up. I, I want to call my lawyer. I have rights. Let him call the lawyer, then jail him. Well, that's that, Mrs. Wilkinson. Sorry we couldn't get your bonds back, but we got the next best thing. Fingers? I'll let Fingers tell you about it. I'm, uh, I'm awful sorry, ma'am, about selling those bonds, but I got 20000 for them. Tell her what you did with the money. Well, I gave it away to charity. That and the ten grand my Uncle Rufus left me in his will. That's marvelous. Yeah. And now I'm broke again. I'm back on the circuit. Well, nice meeting you again, ma'am. I guess I'll be leaving. Uh, fingers? Yeah? Mrs. Wilkinson, your necklace. Where did you... I just had it on. Get out of here, fingers. Do that again and I'll throw you in the can. You know something, Blake? What? It's good to be back home. Here, honey, this is for you. Oh, George, what a nice surprise. What is it? It's a tire gauge. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's a tire gauge? Well, you, you check your tire pressure. Well, it helps you get better mileage. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I got it free from our participating international dealer just for looking at the new international travel all. A new international travel all? Yeah. What's a travel all? Well, it's something like our old station wagon. Our old station wagon? Except the travel all's a foot and a half shorter, so it's much easier for you to park. Our old station wagon? Yeah, and it has 20% more room inside, more room for you and the kids, more room for groceries. We'll get lots more use out of it. Our old station wagon? Yeah, and right now, until July 20th, you get four Firestone gas-saving steel belted radial tires on most models at no extra cost. But where is... And they're worth $290, suggested retail price. George, where's the new travel all? Right outside the window! Oh, George, it's different. I know. <laughs> I like different. I know, I it's know. Right. I'm Rod Sterling. Close your eyes. Exercise your imagination. And join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. <laughs>